Welcome back to Chris Tries to Review Wine. Happy Wines Day, or whatever day of the week it is. I hope you're enjoying something delicious, and I hope you're excited for Chris Tries to Review Wine live this Friday. This May Friday. 10th, this Friday at Dixon Place. It's very exciting. It's free. It is less than an hour long, so you come in, you have a couple glasses of wine, or really whatever you want to drink. Either way, you'll get to experience the live tasting technique with me. And uh, my guest, John Esquivel, he's sitting right across from me right I'll be now. There. He will be sitting in the audience with you yep. this Friday. I am so excited. How you feeling? I'm 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 psyched. I'm ready. I'm pumped. Good. I'm um just the right amount of nervous, which means I'm ready to have a drink. How about you, John? I'm ready to have a drink as well. Let's do this. Here on a new episode of Chris tries to review wine. Seamless. Hit it, guys. Recording live in New York, it's Chris Tries to Review Wine with your special guest, John Esquivel. A delicious bottle of the Prospector 49er Blend. Musical guest, Dolly Parton. And your host, the man who puts the Ono oh in Pino, Chris Barlow. Okay. Let's get rolling. This is a busy week. We got a lot to do. So we are going to go straight ahead to tasting some wine. Let's do it. Boom. We are tasting this week a red blend called the Prospector 49er blend. Go ahead and have a sniff. Mmm. What do you smell? Mm, definitely smelling some sort of berries in there. Like yeah. multiple different type of berries. Raspberry yeah. and... Uh, oh, yeah. Actually, I got cherry the first time, but oh. you say raspberry and I could see that. I can see the cherry as well. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like, um, so when I was growing up at uh, Baker Square, do you remember Baker Square? Here, we're just going to pause everyone for a trip to Baker Square. Tell me did, about it. Did you have that growing up? I didn't, up? no. No, Baker Square was kind of like a chain restaurant that primarily focused on pies. They had they had a lot of good pies, but then they, they were a full restaurant, so you also ate food there, but I could not tell you any uh, food I ever ate there except for pies. I got you. Yeah. We had something like that, um, but it was uh, Marie Cavenders, I think oh, is the name of it. Yeah. I, I never went to of, one of those, but I feel like that was the regional they, equivalent, Yes, maybe. I think so, too. You know, so it's like... And I don't um, remember actually, anything I but pies. I actually remember uh, when they were getting desperate, they had TV ads where the slogan was, great food, unbelievable pies. And I was like, no, you have it backward. It's just great pies. That's it. That's, that's it. it. You just, that's Forgettable it. Forgettable food. Yeah. Maybe unbelievable that you have food. Yeah. That's, that was the right slogan. So they had a pie. They had a pie called triple berry pie. And the smell of this reminds me of that. That was the whole story. There you go. Triple we're berry pie. We're back to our tasting. So notes of triple berry pie, but only specifically from Baker Square. That's it. That's it. You're welcome. Well, let's see if it tastes like that incredibly specific pie as well. Go ahead and have a sip. Mm. Mm. Definitely a rush of berries. Oh, yeah. Super berry. Triple berries just Big berry blast. Mmm. Right but also, uh, not too sweet. Like not too fruity. sweet and also not dry. It's very just, it is fruity, but not in like the overwhelming I will tell you, sweet wine. It's been open for a bit. It's had a chance to breathe, which is making it uh, a lot smoother. I will give you a spoiler here. Spoiler. I tasted it when I had just opened the bottle. What? I know. Oh, I know. Betrayed. You're betrayed. I feel betrayed. But at the same time, you let it breathe, which not which, a lot of people do. 
Right, and it's not always necessary, but hey, you know, let's talk about wine for a second. Why would you let it breathe? I don't know. Why would you? Because I hear that we, I heard it in the movies, and I'm assuming that's where other people have heard it. You gotta let it breathe, you know. It's such a good wine. Let it breathe. Uh, basically, basically, it's just letting the flavors open up and mellow out. It has something to do with tannins or whatnot, but those words, those are wine words. So let's use people words and say, you gotta let it mellow out, man. You know what? At the same time, I feel like that applies for people. You gotta yeah. let it breathe. Just let yeah. them, like, you know, mellow like, out and open up to you. It's like when you get home from work, if your your roommate or your boyfriend or your girlfriend is like, hey, hey, tell me about your day. Most of the time, you're like, get away from me, you demon. I will because, eat you right now. Because you need to mellow out. You just need out. to breathe a little. And then you'll be ready. You'll be, in fact, a smoother, sweeter person. What's odd, coming from the South, moving to New York, one of the first, like, words or, like, that I was introduced to, theories, because I was yeah. from the South, was decompressing. Oh, decompressing. They don't know that in the South. No, because I think the South is just permanently decompressed. Yeah. It's like the they want If of you space, don't tell them how your day is, you're so rude. And mm. being rude, that's the worst thing you can be in the South. Fair. Depending on what area you're in. Well, there are... There are I, worse I things you could probably be in the be, South, but... Yeah, uh, depending on what part you're in, I think just being me would be a worse oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you well being as, you is just rude to them in, yeah, um, in those um, areas. I, I apologize. I mean, I generally apologize. I'm from the Midwest, and what we do is we apologize. So it's actually fine. It's it's the reason Midwesterners and Southerners get along pretty yeah, well. Yeah, we accept apologies. We love yeah, them. You, you know, even though you, you think we're all damned to the, the bad place, it's yeah. fine. It's because fine. we apologize about it But a then lot. you come to the East Coast, and it's like, how dare you apologize? You're so rude. Get the hell out of my way. Why did you waste my time yeah. with those words coming out of your flappy mouth? Yeah. Just move. Just move. I could have been using that time to enjoy a delicious wine. Your flappy mouth, that that piece of flesh that it's goes... It's keeping me from enjoying a glass of Prospector. It could be drinking this red blend. This red blend from California. California, where they had a gold rush. Are you beginning to see why they call this the Prospector 49er blend? that they're playing on the fact that there was a gold rush? That this is a historic wine? I mean, this wine might be from the gold rush. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Okay, I, that's no, it's not because that would taste disgusting. That Probably, would, that it would, would be that like, would be very it would be old. like tar now mm. uh, or gasoline. I don't know. What I do know is that the real life gold rush, which hit California in the 19th century, is a fascinating subject for a drinking game Woo! that this week we're calling Golden Showers. <laughs> Because I'm going to shower you with knowledge about the California gold rush. I'm so glad I'm getting rush. showered with knowledge. I'm, I know. That's what I'm I can glad. tell you're just beaming. So beaming. Uh, and this is an exciting one because this time around, we have five questions. Five questions. You won the drinking game last week, so I'm I did. raising the challenge level with an extra Ooh. hard drinking game this week. Are you ready? I'm ready. Question number one. News of gold in California traveled all across the country. Uh, but just like today, air travel was risky. I mean, then it was because air travel hadn't been invented, and now it's because we've invented computers that are crashing the planes for us. But regardless, 
For real-life prospectors headed west, the fastest route was often to take a boat all the way around the southern tip of America. So, South America. Like, wow. all the Americas. Like, not, no, there was no Panama Canal, no, guys. No, nothing. Literally, from New York, all the way around the southern tip of South America, like, near Antarctica, wave high to the penguins, come up to California, and then... Find your riches. That's what I call thirsty for gold. Seriously. So, that was a long trip for the captains of these boats, and the passengers were only paying to go one way. So they needed to make the whole round trip worth their while. And this is true. Huh. What did they haul back to the East Coast in Ooh. order to make the trip worth their while? Was it A, gold, B, bird poop, or C, Panama hats? Ooh. I guess I'm gonna go with the obvious gold. Ah, uh, is it bird poop? It's bird poop. It's bird poop. Of Fertilizer, poop. isn't it? Yes, exactly uh, right. You knew the answer. I did. And you walked right into. I that walked trap. right into the trap. Uh, yeah, it was a big seller because it worked as a great fertilizer. There Tobacco. you go. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. You know the South so well. I know the South so they love their. Uh, <sighs> wow. Well, hey, then you might know the answer to question two. All right. Question two. People in the 19th century had a special term for friends who left the East Coast to seek their riches in California. Today, we call those people stand-up comedians, but <laughs> back then, they were called 49ers. Why? A, because they flocked to the 49th parallel because that's where they heard the best gold was. B, because they were actually primarily retirees who lost their savings in the Great Recession of 1839, and so their average age was 49 years old. Or C, because even though the peak of the California gold rush was 1848, the news traveled so slowly that most people showed up a year later in 1849. I I think it's the first one, A. You think it is because of the 49th parallel. I th I'm, I'm like remembering back to history class and I'm thinking that's what it is. Let's see if it's a false memory. I'm gonna go with A. Oh, oh it's a false memory. Oh, just like the Berenstein Bears, oh, it's a false memory. Mandela effect. It, it was actually that the news traveled really? so slowly. Yes, it's that the, the peak of the gold rush, they were finding all this gold in 1848. So you get the word of that on the East Coast in like, you know, summer so of 1848. So silly, they should have just tweeted it. You hop on a boat, it takes you like six months to get around there. You show up in 1849, you're a 49er. I know. Whoa, okay, so you're one and one. You've got a chance to tip the scales here with question three. All right, here we question go. Question three. In a twist that will surprise no one. The California gold rush wasn't particularly welcoming to women. I, I know you what? thought like, no. oh, this was the one moment in American history where they were like, we love women. Yeah, but, I would have thought so. No, unfortunately, it's like all the other moments in American yeah, history. We're still waiting for that moment. Yeah. So a full 92% of the people who moved west for the gold rush were men. And this led to which of the following nicknames for the city of San Francisco? Was it A, the city of bachelors, B, bachelor gulch, or C, bachelor in paradise? Really quick, you're telling me San Francisco during the gold rush was just basically the bachelor. Yes, yeah. it was all dudes. I'm gonna go with A. 
You are correct. It was the city of bachelors. It was the bachelor before the bachelor. It was technically the bachelorette because there were it was one the woman and all these men. That's great. Yes. Although that's not really how it worked out because what happened instead is that all these men just paid for sex, uh, including with other men and with quote unquote female impersonators. Which is a great historical term that I don't want to unpack because I'm sure it's full of bigotry. Oh, there's so much in there to unpack. Uh, it's Let's just leave really it alone. upsetting. So instead, Let's let that mellow out. I'll just say, hey, this kind of foreshadowed San Francisco's uh, iconic identity as a hub for the LGBT community, actually. That's so true. And it also foreshadowed San Francisco's status as a city where it is cheaper to pay for sex than it is to rent a room. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. We've learned a lot here, and we have two bonus questions. Are you <gasps> excited? I'm excited. I, I need know. to redeem myself. Oof. Get ready. You can bring it back with question four. These men, these men in San Francisco, they weren't just poor and horny. They were also fashion icons. I know, that's a shock. I can what? see the look on your face. Fashion icons. Oh, weren't they digging for Wait. gold the whole time? I know they were. So, while digging for gold, they founded a, a seminal fashion trend that we know to this day. Which of the following began oh, no. with the California Gold Rush? Was it A, the trend of gold teeth? B, the trend of blue jeans? Or C, oh. the man bun? Oh. I know, I know. So I see many these, like, I see possibilities just... here. Tons of men digging for gold with man buns as far as the eye can see. That seems... I believe it, I believe it. All right, I'm gonna go with gold teeth, though. Gold teeth, no! Oh no, the cartoons have lied to me. It was blue jeans. Really? Yes, yes, get this. Have you heard of someone named Levi Strauss? Oh yes. He set up shop in California, oh. where he sold supplies to the Gold Rush prospectors, including work pants originally made of canvas, but they really caught on when he redesigned them with a special cotton from Neem, France, or of Neem, which in French is Denim, denim jeans. Wow. I know. I had no idea. I didn't see that twist at the end. I, I, I know. I didn't see it. Denim. Denim. Well, listen, you are not going to win this game. No, I'm but not. But you can leave with a little dignity Let if you get question number five correct. Let's do this. Final question. Now that we're all dressed in our denim jeans, ready for a night on the town with our favorite female impersonator, we're ready for some good old-fashioned 1848 entertainment. Which of the following animals will we watch fight to the death? Is it A, a bear and a bull? B, a shark and a poisonous snake? Or C, a kangaroo and a human boxer? The fact that any of these Classic, real. classic prospector entertainment. I, I could have been born in San Francisco in 1849 wearing denim jeans, a man bun, and I'm going to say watching C fight. Oh no! I actually please tell me it's. A I, I need to consult my. I need to consult my. You know, a dictionary of dates. What's that called? History books. History books. Those History, are still. A thing. What are books? Wikipedia. I need oh, to Wikipedia yeah, this. Okay. But I'm pretty sure uh, that Australia had only like just been discovered. I don't think we would have kangaroos in San Francisco okay. yet. That, that makes sense. That, so that Australia is... was still the place we were throwing the yes. prisoners and everyone over yes. there. And... I'm not even, I think you know. they were just showing up. It's, you know, so I tricked ya. I tricked ya. So what is it? Because the answer was actually a bear and a bull. 
a bear, a bear and, and a bull. bull. They would watch a bear and a bull fight. How did they is... get a bear and a bull to fight? Uh, well, I imagine with a lot of poking and prodding. Uh, How it's... much free time do you have to find a bear, trap it, and also well, find well, a bull? I imagine they were running into them as they were looking for their gold. I guess in so. In their denim jeans. With their man buns. With their man buns. That part was not true, but I'd love you to continue spreading that rumor. I'm going to keep spreading because it. Because while we are a, a factual historical podcast we are also a little drunk and so you've got to take everything we you say to take everything. with a grain of salt or a glass of wine couldn't have said it better myself john and that means even though you lost you're still a winner here in a game we call golden showers congratulations wow you yeah, really brought just... it back from losing to winning by default by default uh the best way to win couldn't do it and you too can win if you return with us after this word from our sponsors. And we are back to Chris Tries to Review Wine after an epic drinking game in which uh, my guest, John Esquivel, lost but won so much knowledge. So much knowledge. And you might even retain some of it. I think it's possible. I don't think I can look at denim jeans the same ever again. That's or man the one. buns. That's the one. Again, the man bun's not true, but I like that you're going to leave remembering something, it's, so I'll take it. It's I'll true. We'll, it. Just, we'll just leave it. It's uh, as true as the female impersonators for them. Oh, yeah. But you yeah. know what else is true? This wine this is wine truly is pretty so good. What do you think? If you had to give this a score, are you ready to give it a score? Or would it help if the wine spoke to you first? I think I need the wine to speak to me. A yeah. Really? I need, I, I'm having a hard time, so I, I need to hear it from the wine. Well, then, guess what? What? Because I have a special guest for you, and it's this wine label, which I will now read in a dramatic reading of wine labels. Oh, please, yes. <clears throat> in the late 1840s, California was the epicenter of the famous gold rush. Prospectors rushed into the area to make a quick fortune. Today, many of the regions where the gold rush occurred are no longer known for gold but for producing excellent quality wines. The grapes for this wine come from these special areas. The Prospector offers rich blackberry and black cherry aromas and flavors, accompanied by some spicy nuances from the six months of oak aging it has received. Enjoy it on its own or with a grilled steak, just like the Prospectors would have in 1849. I, I can might, feel the wine. I might have blown out my me. eardrums there on 1849, but that wine had a lot of personality. It had a lot yeah, of yeah. personality, and it's really swaying my decision. So on now the that rating. you've heard yes. it speak for itself, what are you gonna rate I, I it? I think I'm gonna give it 4.8 out of five. Whoa, whoa, that's a huge. It's a huge rate. score, but it. it told its story so well. It has so much history behind it. A blend of triple berry pie. It's I just know. fantastic. Imagine this wine a la mode. I feel though, anytime I drink this wine, I will be wearing jeans and magically growing a man bun. Wow, wow. And well, that feels you know, good. I tasted this wine uh, fairly recently and I gave it a 3.7. A 3.7? But 
I haven't given it the full credit it's due because when you when you bring that rich story, all that history to the surface, you start to understand it. I, you know, I would go all the way up to a solid four, especially because this wine is under twenty dollars a bottle, and it's got a what fun gold label that makes it look kind of exciting. It matches. It'll match my denim and my man bun. And in case that's not reason enough, I'll tell you the best part about this wine. Please tell me the best part. It's fourteen point five percent alcohol by volume. Oh, is that what I'm feeling? That is exactly what you're feeling. Congratulations. It's getting you drunk. Woo! So, you know, check out the Prospector wherever fine wines are prospected. Uh, or just Google it. Yeah. Or you could go to ChrisTriesToReview.wine where you can browse the archive of wines we've tasted to find the wine that's right for you. Whoa, wait. Are you telling me if I don't know what I want to drink, I can go to ChrisTriesToReviewWine.com? No, it's Chris tries to review dot wine, but everything else you said is correct. Hooray! That's Chris tries to review dot wine. Chris tries to review dot wine. Because it's 2019, and you can have dot like anything you want. That's fantastic. I've, actually, I bet you can have dot anything you want. So uh, check it might us out be taken soon. already. Though, I don't know. So I mean, I don't think I can is... get Chris tries to dot anything you want. So we'll we'll just stick with. Chris tries to review dot wine. But if you are looking to start a, a fun domain, Squarespace is a great way to do it. This isn't brought to you by Squarespace, are you but sure I, it's not I figure it's a Squarespace? podcast, so at some point I'm legally obligated to talk about Squarespace. That was the wrong music cue. Squarespace. Squarespace. It's an ad for Squarespace where you can make a website anytime. And you could even be drunk while you do it. You could start a business and have no recollection of it and become a real success using Squarespace. However, our lawyers require us to tell you that that's not the likely outcome in that scenario. The likely outcome is that you get blackout drunk and spend a lot of money on Squarespace and then forget about it, which we don't mind because we are a business trying to sell you a service. Squarespace didn't pay for this ad because I don't think this is the way they want their brand represented. Or but, is it? Oh, is it? I don't is know. I, no, I was going to say, but, out to but Squarespace at the same time, who that really speaks to me. Sponsors everything. I, listen. Like, shout out, really. I read recently Hot Podgoss, Podgoss here. Ooh, tell MailChimp. Me. MailChimp, the king of podcast advertising, is stepping back from podcast advertising. No. No, they really are. Yes. Yes, in fact, yes. It's true. You know who's and stepping forward? It's going to be Squarespace. Squarespace, where even if you got blackout drunk, started a business, lost a bunch of money, then got sober, then got drunk again because you fell off the wagon, opened another business because you forgot the password to the first business, exactly. right? That's obviously the reason. It's your password, and it's Squarespace. We don't know it. We're sorry. We're sorry. We don't know your password. I don't know your password. And we think you should go back to rehab. Or... Just tune in to another episode of Chris Tries to Review Wine. And let's see what we, happens. Where we responsibly enjoy adult beverages. And you, dear listener, can responsibly enjoy some adult beverages with us at Dixon Place this Friday, May 10th, 7.30 p.m. Dixon Place is a really fun venue, intimate. Uh, it, there is literally a bar in the performance space, so you can get up in the middle of the recording, get yourself another drink. They've got great wines at reasonable prices, especially considering the fact that it is a, a Manhattan bar. Right, Manhattan. you don't find that. And I as know. someone who lives in New I York, mean, that does not exist. Uh, 
under $10 for a glass of wine. Does not exist unless I'm at home. Uh, So come join us, learn a thing or two, or don't learn a thing or two, and just have a good time with my special guests, uh, Gabe Templin and Lanny Harms from Just Press Playhouse. Check them out on Apple Podcasts or from UCB. Check that out. It is a venue. It's a theater that performs comedy. And they're funny. And you know who else is funny? Me, who you'll see live on May 10th. I don't usually toot my own horn, but you know what, guys? This time it's worth it. Because I think we've all learned a little thing here this week. Maybe not about wine, but definitely about the gold rush. Definitely about the gold rush. rush. I learned a lot. So I feel like we did good. We did good. We did really good. And you can do good again next week here on Chris Tries to Review Wine. Thanks, John.